0: All right, let's get our geek on.
1: Bikini. that she wore for the first time today.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show.
1: Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast. I'm your host,
0: David Gasters, and I I'm with Honky. Uh, looking forward to taking a little vacation after this, uh, show here. So, uh, I uh, can't wait to talk here with Dave and, and Adam gets a, get our geek on, but then uh, it's going to be a little bit of a summer break for me.
1: Also with Redcast, Rob.
3: Well, I'm having a hard time focusing these days The closer and closer we get to the season. I think we're like 70 something days away from, from 69. Kickoff, Rob, or... 69. 69. Yeah, see, I knew you'd say it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hard, Rob. Just got counts Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: Well, Hank, uh, can you introduce our guests? Absolutely. Our guests tonight, they bring uh, the science and analytics into football. They are the co-founders of Matrix, Matrix Analytical, the college football leader in off-field analytics and a number one firm in staff building, roster management, and portal analytics. They help head coaches, athletic directors, agents, unit coaches, and players. You can find them on Twitter at CFB underscore professor and at CFB Matrix. Welcome to the RedCast, Adam McClintock and David Mer- Dave Bart- Bartu. Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks Appreciate,
0: it. It, man. Appreciate being on. That's right. Uh, before we get to uh, talking all of our, our stuff here, we got to go through our, our housekeeping and uh, our upcoming show here. We've got uh, on Thursday is going to be Brendan Frankie, the uh, the NU kicker. Uh, so Rob, you'll be talking with him on uh, June 23rd at one o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, As always, our hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use Redcast for the promo code. Get $10 off your yearly subscription. Uh, Alumni Hall, we have two locations here in Lincoln, and you can see from the uh, awesome Hawaiian shirt that Rob was wearing there that uh, you can buy that kind of stuff. Go to alumnihall.com slash Nebraska dash Cornhuskers. Rob, do you want to do the FCS Edge one?
3: yeah if you're looking for a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive stable history of over 20 years what is fcs edge they're a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies and they are expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality while working at fsc edge you can work with fun people with great attitudes learn about patents You're not on the phone, you're not customer facing, so you can dress in your Hawaiian shirts, Nebraska Hawaiian shirts preferably, every single day. And you can work in a new work environment with over $2 million in improvements. So their team is constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join in their mission. So check out Available Jobs today at www.jobsatfsc.com.
0: All right. And last but not least, Smack and Smooch, custom shirts and specialty items. You'll see us constantly wearing these shirts and the koozies and all that. Shane and Laura out there in Elwood, Nebraska, 308-325-2542. And you can check out their QR code here. So as we mentioned here, we have Dave and Adam, the Matrix Analytical guys. Uh, Welcome to the Redcast, guys. Uh, You know, I gave a little bit of the intro for you, but I'll start with Dave and then, you know, let Adam kind of get into it too. Tell us a little bit about what it is you guys do any stories you got any fun stuff. I mean, I, I think that let's, let's have a fun little chat. Well, you know, I mean, the, the first thing I guess is, is you
4: guys have broken a streak, you bastards. <laughs> uh, this, so this, this, this might be an interesting nugget for, for anybody listening, watching the show is uh, if you, if you've been, if anybody's been following me and Adam for a while, and I know Adam Adam's a diehard Huster fan at heart, you know, And uh, so he's been following Husker fans for a long time. But this is, and I don't know, I don't know when Adam and I first got together to try to figure this out, maybe seven years ago, this is the first time we have been face-to-face live. First time. First time. (laughs) We've never publicly met each other. This is the first Zoom call that we've been on. Because normally (laughs) when we're working with clients, you know, we want, we don't want adam talking to clients
3: <laughs> no I'm,
2: I, I'm 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 the numbers nerd you, you hide me away from the, the actual people and you let me do my thing on spreadsheets i'm good
4: <laughs> yeah we don't we don't what do you mean you don't get it are you stupid <laughs> yeah
2: exactly yeah yeah that's that's, that's my bedside manner
4: <laughs> yeah um, but no this is this is the this is the first time uh that, that we've actually gotten to gotten together like this but I, I think it's interesting, though, because I think it speaks volumes about how important the numbers purely are for us. Mm. I mean, that's And that's what we do is, you know, whether we've been, I mean, we have worked for board of trustees helping hire athletic directors. We have worked with athletic directors helping to hire head coaches all over the country. Um, in the last year, we've started working with head coaches. We have helped head coaches hire more guys for their staff than any other firm in the country combined. Uh, We help coaches, former ex-head coaches, find jobs with numbers. We help them sell themselves with numbers. So all of it comes down, though, to one thing, and that is telling stories with numbers. So whether we're talking about on the field or off the field, the first thing we have to have is a database because the past tells the future stories. So that's, every, in a nutshell, everything that we do for our clients – then most of this, I mean, we we have fun on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. but, but we never really put anything out there that's that's worth anything other than having a little bit of fun there. Um, everything we do is, is simply telling a story with numbers, and our goal for all of our clients are the same: it's increase efficiencies, reduce risk. That's it. That's that's mm-hmm. really all we do um, for college football, and they find us. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have a, we don't have a website. They, they they find us I mean they find Adam they find me we've never reached out emails don't work letters don't work you know none of that stuff they all know each other and they'll just find you they'll just find you I'll, you know what one of I'll tell you I got tons of stories okay so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be yapping about stories the whole time so one of the first calls I ever got this is even before I even before Adam and I started talking right? And it's about 8.30 in the morning, and I'm on spring break. And the whole idea of consulting really had just hadn't even crossed my mind until this phone call. And I'm walking across the bridge over the Columbia River because I was at my mom and dad's house. And so I left the basement and, and headed down the street. And, and where they're at, there's no reception for your phones down in a canyon. So you got to walk across this footbridge over the, over the Columbia River to get to the store over on the Indian reservation to get more gin. And so it's about eight 30. So I got to the store, got the gin, got some limes, had plenty of tonic. And I start walking back across the bridge and my phone rings and i look at it. and I'm like, Oh, Nashville number. Who the hell is this? You know? And, and the one thing you learn with these coaches is you never know when they're going to call and you never know what number they're going to call from. And I'm like, Nashville. Cool. Well, maybe it's, uh, Vanderbilt, well, that kind of sucks, but you know we'll take it, right? Any port in a storm when you're trying to start something. <laughs> yeah. And but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was uh, director of operations at Penn State, and he was calling and asking about scheduling. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hey, we we we've been following you, and you, we think you have some really interesting perspectives." on scheduling for us you know this is coming out of bill o'brien trying to reestablish a brand right mm. and um i said well sure i have a minute to talk to you and he goes cool and he hits a button and all of a sudden i'm on speaker in a room with all the coaches and the athletic director bang just like that middle of the bridge holding gins in one hand and limes in the other <laughs> At in the morning on spring break. and and I, I i stood on that bridge with reception for like half hour 20, 20 minutes half an hour and talked about how I thought they should schedule to reestablish the brand, which was basically make it easy on yourself, right? Go nine and three, get in the top 25, start. Don't take, don't take a tough schedule, take an easy one, establish yourself and use that to springboard recruiting. Um, that was the first time I'd gotten a random phone call. And that was the first time I ever started thinking, you know something, I, this. what if we can use numbers off the field to help coaches more than everybody's focusing on the field. That's when it all started for me. Mm-hmm. That was
2: the first time I remember you calling me and, and, and saying that we had had uh, had contact with an FBS staff was you called me and, and, and you're all, you were all excited. And I was like, what the hell happened? Because, you know, you know, Dave gets, Dave gets excited, but this, this was another level of excitement from Dave. Right. <laughs> And, I was, and he, he he was like, Adam, Adam, you never guess who was just on the phone. Who, was, who I was just on the phone with. And I was like, I, I don't know who who reached out this time. It was James Franklin, the athletic director. Wanted, to, wanted wanted to talk about scheduling. And at that point <laughs> we're like, okay, okay, we can do this. This is, we, we can do this. We can make something of this. Yeah.
4: So, we we <laughs> got a contract out of it. We didn't make no. a dime off of it, but it was no. damn cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, yeah, as you talk there, I, I think about and, – and we're not talking about specific coaches here. I know Adam, you and I talked about that. We're yeah. not doing that, but, like, when a coach makes some changes – and Nebraska just had, you know, some coaching changes on the offensive side. And when they're looking to make that, hey, we want to switch offenses or we want this style of, of, of you know, offensive line coach, we want this style of receiver coach, do coaches come to you and, like – is that database that you're talking about? Is it something where they're like, okay, well, these are the types of coaches that do this. These are the types of coaches that would be good to hire for this purpose. I mean, is that the kind of information they're looking for you, you know, from you guys, like, you know, to, to get pointed in the right direction. If they're trying to make, you know, very specific X's and O's schematic changes, things like that.
2: Well, we, we can sort it out that way and filter it out that way. If they, if, if they would like, typically what they do is, is Dave and I already have a list of, of, of offensive coordinators for about every level of, of program there is out there. We have that, you know, in, in, in the back of our, you know, our, our brains to begin with, then the, the head coach will, will come to us and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. I want a more run heavy um, um, offensive coordinator. I want the offensive line coach to, to, to replicate that on, on, on his end with his unit. I want uh, running backs for physical. I want, mm-hmm. And we can filter out our our our, our database to 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 um, kind of accommodate that as as, as they ask, but um, they and at that point they they would come to us with a, usually a list of what Dave, five, ten guys that they think are great, and then we can go through and tell them which ones aren't. <laughs> so
4: well, it's it, yeah. it's kind of a little push and pull, you know. It, it's it's what do they want? What do we want? Because we can mm-hmm. we can't ever have our way. Right. We we can't If a head coach calls, you know, if, if, if Tom Allen calls and says, Hey, Walt Bell sucks. We go, yeah, we agree. (laughs) Um, You know, we don't just say, well, here's our top three guys. Go call them. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And usually what it will be along the lines is, okay, who are your top 10 guys that you've watched on film? Who do you like? Because, they can give us their top 10 guys and we can go through and go, okay, we know what he wants for run pass ratio. We know what he wants. Scheme wise, we know what he's looking for. Then we can go and go, okay, here are the 10 guys that best match what he's looking for. Now we have, now we have a list of a head coach that's watched all the film and we have a list by the numbers. So what we're looking for is we're looking for the lists that match guys, right? You know, so if, if, if tom allen says dude i really love adam he's my number one guy and the numbers have him at 23 we don't like him right um he he may have adam off the list and he may be our number one guy he'll never call adam i can promise you that right so but maybe adam's number three and we have him number seven boom we got a match the numbers like it the film likes it so when, when you're dealing with coaches it's not always a one-way – it's never a one-way street. It's mm-hmm. it's figuring out how to communicate our side of what we do mm-hmm. with their side of what they're used to do so you can come together. Again, remember, remember the whole goal about it is always increase efficiency, reduce risk. So we can increase efficiencies by looking at the last 600 offensive coordinators in college football in five minutes. Okay. Now we can reduce risk by taking their performance numbers and matching it with the guys that they like.
2: Exactly. And, you know, one, one thing that Dave, always, Dave and I always remind ourselves and, and, and emphasize to these coaching staffs is, is um, we're numbers guys. You're football guys. You guys have forgotten more football than Dave and I will ever know or, or, or gain in our lifetimes. i here never played to tell football. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've, you know, we're not here to tell you football. You guys know football. You do football. We'll tell you what the numbers say about what you think. And where we come together, that's that's where that's where Dave's talking about, you know, the efficiency mm-hmm. and 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 the risk management there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know, we're Husker fans, we're Redcasters right now. Want to know? And this gets us into talking about next season. Uh, I think you posted this here, Adam. Yeah, the you had some power rankings from May 26th, mm-hmm. and you said power rankings should be viewed as how a team would fare uh, versus the field at a neutral site. Teams ranked higher would be projected to beat those lo- lower. And right now, if you look at Nebraska's schedule this next season, based off of these power rankings, uh, you know, I have a, a black dot with a with a frowny face and an L uh, to show the teams that we play that are ranked above us, but there's six teams that are ranked below us on this uh, ranking. And it doesn't matter if the, we won or lost to those teams last year, and if anyone that knows our record knows we lost to most of them, but just based solely off of this alone, without going any deeper, we're six and three. Before we start talking about the non-conference schedule, and that's where, hey, if you can go two and one, you know, lose to Oklahoma but beat the uh, beat the two group of five teams, all of a sudden you're sitting at uh, you're sitting at eight and four. And if we say that, if we predict eight and four, that you know, there's a certain amount of fans that will come back. Husker fans have been beaten down a little bit over the years, and they'll come back and go, "What? What are you talking about? What are you smoking?" But just based off of the numbers, right there alone, the power ranking numbers. If I said eight and four, Adam, is that my out of line? Is that? No, it's right no. Right.
2: You're, you're you're not out of line. Um, that's the I think the second most likely r- projected record. I think I have. Yeah, there you go. There's there's a graphic. The most likely record I have is seven and five. Um, just because of you know home and away, how, how that falls. Um, but yeah, the, you're more like the, the way the schedule lines up and the roster talent and the coaching and all the all those things that play into it line up. You're more likely. You should you should be more likely to go eight and four than six and six this year with a schedule that's, that's, that should be more expected than going six and six. So Adam, what, what goes into your, your power
1: rankings, what kind of data points and how does that, I guess, compare if you know, compared to some of the other power rankings that are out there?
2: Well, uh, my, my power rankings are, are really simple. It, all, all it is, is it's, it's coaching staff efficiency, which, you know, we use from our database. It's, um, you know, uh, returning production. You know, what what does the roster return? And even with the with the whole um, uh, influx of of the transfer portal here, that's really taken on a whole life of its own because you have to bring in guys' production from other from other um, programs, right? Mm-hmm. And that there's a little twist on that as well because let's say a wide receiver is coming into um, a triple option offense and he had 800 yards receiving at his old program that's going to matter almost nil at uh, in, in triple option offense, okay? So you have to kind of um, use a sliding scale there on, on the importance of those production numbers based on the offense that that, that, that uh, the player is coming into. So um, there's some returning production both on offensive and defensive sides. Uh, roster talent's huge. You know, Dave knows this. He, he projects games too um, using even more simple model than I do. Um, and roster talent's a huge, uh, Hmm. a huge part of this. So, you know, and I know Husker fans are tired of hearing it, but they're, they still have the most talented roster in the West. I mean, they have since they, since they got in the big 10, um, it's, it's almost, uh, uh, an anomaly the, the way they've lost with the most talented roster <laughs> it's, it's 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 maddening from from an analytics standpoint but so
1: adam how do you evaluate talent there is that purely on recruiting or because it's tougher mm. to, to put analytics on on development probably to your point
2: well it's no really it's not because we 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 look at you know and, and dave has looked more into this than i have uh if you want to look at development you you look at you look at, you look at schools of who have have taken guys who are three star four star average and mm-hmm. pumped out yeah. more draft picks than than
1: the Iowa's and Wisconsin than yeah.
2: expected. Yeah, and, and and Dave has has done a lot. And even he Dave has even reached down into uh, undrafted free agents and how many of those guys from each program have made rosters. So there is ways to to uh, to, to measure development and, and, and programs um, that doesn't really feed in much in, in, into into my projection formula here that we're talking about, but but there is a, a, a really quantitative way to, to to look at that if if you wanted to.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that we were talking about was with the power rankings was the wins and losses. And this is a, a tweet we had from a Husk guys a couple of weeks or so back. And it was a, Sports Illustrated did their power rankings, right? Well, this is, mm-hmm. and there's different power rankings all over the place, but here's <laughs> theirs. And, and they have Nebraska, you know, <laughs> basically he's like second second in the West, all season champs, and we play number 14, 13, 12, 11, and 10 based off of these power rankings, right? And I think right now from a Husker standpoint, from a Husker fan standpoint, is that compared to a season ago where we played Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and we're replacing them with Michigan, Indiana, and Maryland, or not Maryland, uh, uh, Indiana and Rutgers. And then, you know, uh, and then so just those three three games alone, um, and then you're playing Oklahoma here at home instead of on the road, just the schedule flip alone, whether we got better or not, and hopefully we did with 33 newcomers coming in and, and 16 or so transfer guys, hopefully we're getting better with our on-field talent. But just the, the schedule alone, we're all hoping, I guess fingers are crossing, that that would jump us at least into the bowl game and, and higher category. Yeah. Got
1: yeah. Well, I just wanted to ask follow up on that a little bit, I guess, uh, but maybe – that could go forward to this year's bull projection, I guess. So it sounds like this year's data is telling you somewhere between six and six and eight and four. Most likely you combine those three columns and you're near 50% essentially. Right. Uh-huh. So I was just wondering, um, you know, the, the predictions in past years, like last year, where were you, did you have Nebraska over the last couple of years where, I mean, no criticism here because we've all underperformed. We all know Nebraska underperformed. And I think yeah. anybody's power rankings would probably put them you know higher than what they were. But I'm just curious, like, compared to, say, last year.
2: Yeah, last year, I think I think my my model had them going five and seven. Um, the year before that, I think, was the COVID year. And it had them going, I think, four and four. I think it was. or It, it had them going 500 in, in the COVID year. Mm-hmm. And they, it ended mm-hmm. up going three and five. Um, so it's, it's been fairly, it's been fairly close with Nebraska. Now last year, you know, um, them going three and nine, I think a couple of those games, I think as, as all Nebraska fans would probably agree should have flipped to the win column. So I don't think five and seven was too far off of last year's uh, last year's team, you know? Yeah, um, and yeah. so it's, 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 actually, it's actually, it, it's, it's been pretty nails with Nebraska the, the last few years. Have, have there
1: been other teams harder to to predict?
2: Yeah. I mean, Teams like, well, okay. For example, when 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 uh, when when uh, Bill Snyder was at Kansas State, his teams were just a headache to predict. He he was, I, I used to I used to refer to him to Gandalf the Purple because he was a witch. <laughs> because you know, there's no way he should have been able to, to 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 eke out some of those records with 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 the with the teams that he had put together. But every year he would come through and he would he would over um, perform my projections by two or three wins every year. Wow. Every yeah. year. I mean, no, no matter what, so teams like that that have a, a coach in place that is just you know that level, um, they they break through the the, the, the trends and, and and the projections that, at least of, of of my analytics model and and are typically
0: they're really really hard to, to pin down. Hey Dave, you're wearing an Iowa State hat. What's that from?
4: Oh, this is my Jimmy Lake hat.
0: You want, you want another story? So anyway, it. it. it's time for a Dave story. So this is
4: uncle Dave's going to tell a story. So yeah. gathering kids, can you say marijuana? Uh, no. Um,
3: so what, this is what a family happened? show, sir?
4: <laughs> uh, I'm in Oregon and one of you in Colorado. So, it's, it's, so anyways, this, this hat, this hat actually came by Trent. Um, now I knew that Jimmy. Now by our numbers, we knew Jimmy Lake made a terrible hire in Donovan as his offensive coordinator. Okay, so that was our first red flag. Um, so we knew he couldn't hire well, and that's part. That's part of our equation when we're working with athletic directors. Side note is coaching. When you hire a head coach, there's three parts, right? There's his recruiting, his ability to hire, and game and, and game situation. Okay, so there's three big things. So with Jimmy. The recruit the the hiring part we knew early he was garbage because he hired Donovan worst or worst offensive coordinator in the pac twelve before he even coached a game last year all right then I found out the dude offered the defensive coordinator position at Washington to a defensive lineman in the NFL who'd never called plays before. Wow, that sucks and <laughs> the guy said no <laughs> so then Jimmy, so then Jimmy took over. So what happened is after they lost to Montana last year, they scored the game-opening touchdown, never scored again at home against FCS Montana. Now, since 2000, there have been four Power 5 teams that have lost an FCS game that made a bowl. So somebody was popping off on Twitter, and I said, hey, I will bet you a duck hat, because I'm a duck alum, I will bet you my duck hat against your Iowa State hat that Washington doesn't go to a bowl. <laughs> this is my Jimmy Lake here. So uh, thank you, Jimmy Lake, who still doesn't have a job, uh, but cashed a generational paycheck. So what the hell does he care? Yeah. Well. <laughs> so um, don't, don't lose to an FCS team or your season's pretty much shot. Mm-hmm. Pretty much out.
0: Actually, would one of them that made the bowl game would have been Iowa, because that one year they lost to, to North Dakota State, and I'm sure they turned around one eight or
4: so. Iowa might be one of them. Um, they're all good head coaches that, that bounce back, mm-hmm. though. Um, Iowa could have been one of them. I know for sure Mike Leach did it. He, mm-hmm. he lost an FCS game, and I think he ended up eight and four, nine and three. Uh, and then Mike Riley...
5: <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> um,
4: Mike Riley at Oregon State before the regression um, lost an FCS game and made a bowl, but but the numbers said, look, it, 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 when when you get off to that bad of a start, it just means you're a really bad team for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not going to a bowl. So
0: yeah, uh, okay. I the numbers told a story, and efficiently,
4: yeah. I got a
0: <laughs> Adam, is that why you're wearing an Oregon State hat? Is that for Mike Riley? Or- uh, no,
2: that's not for Mike Riley. <laughs>
0: not at all. <laughs> yeah. We know a couple of those losses. I, I do, before we finish, kind of with some of the projected record stuff, this was another uh, graph that you sent and this was just next year's games projected at, on a game by game status. So, mm-hmm. um, and Dave, our Dave, <laughs> Redcast Dave, we've talked about this, like how important that is to get off to an early start. And, you know, this would have us at five and one losing to produce. Now you're five and two, you win the, the next two and you're seven and, Two, but then we'd lose the last three, so seven and five. And and as you said, Adam, that's the the highest uh, projected probability at seventeen point eight one percent. Just, I mean, point zero six percent edging out eight and four. So, I mean, really, this you have us by the numbers. I mean, we're seven and five or eight and four according to to
3: your wait. You Wait, more importantly, I saw a 3.19% chance that they go 12 and 0. <laughs> so <laughs> I just I just I want to be clear there that there is a chance. They're saying there's a chance. Yeah, it's, okay. It's yeah. a better
0: chance than going down 12, I guess, so. Oh, dude, Owen so, 12 is epic.
3: Yeah.
4: Everybody it, loses oversight of the the Owen 12 is glorious. 12 and 0 is much easier than Owen 12. You you take you have a special level of crappy coaching to get to zero and 12 washington. that 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 is oh yeah right up right up the road right up the road no, I, I got no i got no problem yeah. Yeah. talking talking trash to washington about that <laughs> um but you look at you look at adam's numbers on the projections look vegas has them at seven and a half i mean that's right in the middle of what he's talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. right and and there's there, there's a handful of games that you know if, if you wanted to break it down real quick even without power rankings right just look at coaching and home field and talent. Okay. Your your first game, Nebraska at Northwestern. That's gotta be a W. You got more talent, you got better coaching, you know, and, and Northwestern really hit the skids after they lost their defensive coordinator. That's one and oh, right? You gotta win the FCS game. We're we're not even gonna argue about that. If that goes the other way, then you already know my feelings on losing to FCS teams, right? Mm-hmm. Georgia Southern, but you got the better staff, you got better talent, you're at home. That's a W. Okay, Oklahoma, you should lose that football game. But isn't it cool to have Oklahoma at home with a head coach in his fourth week and an offensive coordinator that's in his fourth week and Ted Roof defense? That's pretty cool, right? I mean, the leaky roof defense. defense, (laughs) So so, you know, from, from you know, you look at those first four, and I'm not calling Oklahoma a coin flip. But getting that early in the season is much better than getting it later.
5: Yeah, so. I, think
4: you, I think you got better odds there.
3: Do you think that um, Nebraska's defense is better than uh, Texas's defense last year? Like, do you think <laughs> that's because I'm asking that because Casey Thompson threw six touchdowns against against Oklahoma last year, right? But Oklahoma. <laughs> scored more points, so they won, obviously. But, I mean, so, I mean, when I look at that sort of thing, like, I wonder, because, you know, you've got a quarterback who understands – I know Oklahoma has a new coach and everything, but, you know, he also hates that school. So there is there is the hate factor that goes into it, which I'm sure aren't in your analytics. <laughs> then, oh, uh, you know, there's, there's, there, there, there's a hate co- 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 coefficient there, <laughs> but we ignore, we ignore it. We ignore it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like you should add that into your analytics—the hate factor. <laughs> the
4: hate factor. All right. No, but you, you look at now. Last year, uh, actually, Nebraska's defense and Adam can back this up one hundred percent. Highly underappreciated. Top twenty-five in scoring efficiency mm-hmm. last year. It was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even even offensively, I think offensive scoring efficiency was 63- yeah, sixty-third. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was it was it was it was half point it was midway point. Right. Yeah. I mean it it, it it wasn't dumpster fire. I mean it wasn't it wasn't setting any records, but it it, it was it
0: just the ah oh, the special teams. Dude, come yeah. on. Yeah.
2: yeah they I mean, were, they were
0: so bad be- Redcast, Dave, do you do you know happen to know what like our our yards per point were last year? Or that's because I know that's a stat, that's a key stat that you like to focus on showing efficiency. And yeah, you know. it's a
1: Phil Still number. I I don't actually know. I've okay. I've not seen
5: Phil Still magazine.
0: yeah, but but overall, Nebraska's defense was
4: very good last year. Texas was probably Adam would also back this up. We thought that defense was going to be a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That defense was one hundred fourth in scoring efficiency last year. You know, the yeah. offense is 15. Now, Steve Sarkeesian still can't coach worth a damn, but yeah. we expected that Texas defense to be a lot better. I think it will be this year as well, but yeah. you're not playing them, so who cares, right? <laughs> um, you know, as long as they got Sark there, they, they, should, they should be underperforming the talent like he has everywhere he's been.
3: Well, the only uh, reason I asked that is because I was saying, you know, Nebraska's mm-hmm. defense has to be better than Texas's defense was last year, meaning that if Casey Thompson, Thompson. can perform the way that he did against <laughs> against Texas last year, or against Oklahoma, Oklahoma last year, I'm sorry, uh, uh, playing for Texas, you know, th- there's a good chance that we could beat them as well because our defense would be better. Are you're that was, using, that's my logic. That's Rob logic, by the way. <laughs> I'm the best so Rob, yeah.
4: I'm we're, we're using Husker, Rob,
3: Transitive college football math logic, right?
5: <laughs> Rob I'm, trying to the could Actually, 100%. I've got
3: a board right here. I could draw it out for you and show you. One of those are California states the national champion by some random. I would I would Transim- never, but I do have Nebraska going at least fifteen and zero. Yeah.
0: Rob, Rob has his fifteen and zero. and he just needs to find a way to get us there. So you gotta beat Oklahoma. Right. That's that's one devise your it. own power
4: rankings, Rob, just put number one. It's easy.
0: <laughs> right, but you get you, you know, and you got Indiana at home.
4: Right, you got better talent, you got better coaching. Indiana has the worst offensive coordinator in the Big Ten by a country mile. Mm-hmm. Um, so you score 17 points, you win the football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rutgers, uh, Shiano, you know it's it, it, it's up and down. That that's a that's a tough one, but you still have a better, more talent. You got a better coaching staff, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're at five and one. Purdue, there's your coin flip game, right? That's if you're betting flip. Over, yeah. yeah, if you're betting over. You, you need that game, right? Look at, the perc- yeah. Look at the percentage
0: chance of win here. 49.92%. If there's ever a toss-up, because you have toss-up games listed for six of these, but that one game in particular, that is almost as 50-50 as you can get. Right, Adam? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's, that, that one is, I think, um, and I, I, didn't, I didn't include that on this graphic because I, I, I'm not going to do that until before the you know just before the season. But I think the actual point spread projection on that game was like 0.03 points. Mm -hmm. to Purdue so it's 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 a little the the game should go to overtime (laughs) so it's what it's saying
4: so So, yeah so now now we're at what five and a half wins right we're gonna go look there Illinois that's better than a coin flip you got to avenge last year's look I know is solid uh the coaching staff's good Mm -hmm. but Nebraska still has a better coaching staff you're at home you got better talent you got to go to six and a half wins right there Minnesota here's your trap game right Mm-hmm. Here's your absolute uh trap game. Uh, because Minnesota's offense, the OC and the support staff, really good. Uh mm-hmm. the staff rankings are very close here. This is another 50 50 game. If you're betting over, you're also betting Nebraska to win this football game. So, you know, at a half half a win. Now we're at sit What what are we at? One to five, we're six, seven. Nine, seven, seven right. We're at eight, seven. seven. Mm-hmm. Right. So um you're at in Michigan. Now, this is a great time to play Michigan too look they mm-hmm. lost their, they lost their offensive coordinator they lost their defensive coordinator. They got a bad special teams coach. That's a good time to i mean you know something there's still going to be underdogs in that football game, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly the team that it was last year. so rob transitive math stop going Michigan kill the flag're they're <laughs> they're like no transitive math um. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and Iowa are two of the best coached teams in college football. Period. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether, whether you like it or not, uh, they are their numbers are good. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, really, you're looking for one win out of these last three. That's what you're looking for, right? I mean, you're 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 looking, you know, better than better than a half a win. So, I mean, that's again, that puts us right there between seven and eight. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the simple, no power rankings at all. Just looking at coaching, looking at where the game is played, looking at the talent. You could I mean, we just walk through it. You can see where the make and break games are, but that, those first six games, those are all outside of Oklahoma. In my opinion, you just got to win those football games. Got to figure out yeah. a way to get them done. Dave.
1: So, I mean, it, it's fun to see Nebraska break that down and, and it's great for our listeners. I'm wondering from, for our betcast listeners, if there's, I imagine you've done that for every single team in FBS. Is there any teams out there that you think um, there's a value with their season win total? <laughs> or so? Dave, yeah, Dave. Or okay. this one,
4: yeah. Can I tell you a cool story? I, <laughs> Why love, not, I love betting on our clients, uh-huh. but I'm not going to tell you who they are. So, Dang it. There's this there's this one team out there though. Um they have the second best staff rating in their conference. Their win total projection you can bet on is three. Mm-hmm. They have the second best now now. Obviously, none of these are locks because it's Kansas? No, it's not bold, it. but keep going. It's
0: it's not it, it, sell it. Is it FBS, <laughs> FBS That's or true. Power Five?
4: it's G five. It's G5. Okay, okay. So okay. anybody anybody betting – oh, I'll give you another one. Just a second. Let me finish this one. All right. So anybody betting, consider taking FIU over three wins. They got the best offensive coordinator in that conference. They have the second-best staff in that conference. Their schedule is a cakewalk. Plus they were 1-11 and last year. Teams got to bounce back from that, right? Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they had the third worst turnover margin in college football last year. That always bounces, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they had bad luck. They had bad everything. So now that's – I'm not saying that's a lock, but I really like that one in terms of kind of a dark horse one nobody talks about. I think, I think that is really good value. Another game, though, betting-wise, because we all love to, to talk about betting these games – Um, I I don't know what the line is right now. When it opened, it was Penn State minus one at Auburn. (laughs) Penn State last year was a top 20 in scoring efficiency, total team scoring efficiency. Auburn has the second worst staff in the SEC. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are
0: bad. I want to fire that staff. they would have they, right. have they
4: are really bad they have a bad oc they got a bad dc nothing is good there right now um penn state recruits better penn state has a better head coach a better oc a better dc everything and and your hell, just go money line just take the points out of it it's what's mm. one point mm. so that one of the one of those early early games that is one of my absolute favorites uh leaning penn state to win that
3: game straight up
0: Hey, let's right, take a break here tough. for a second. Rob, do we have any questions or anything that's come in that, that you'd uh, from Redcasters watching I mean, that we want to we ask? Have,
3: we have quite a few, actually. I mean, they started lighting up the board pretty much right as um, <laughs> we did this. Um, I mean, there are stuff like, you know, pick your favorite, Nebraska, Nebraska. Let's see here. Here we go, Jim in Minnesota. You know, a show favorite. Um, <laughs> from a matrix standpoint, was Nebraska close last year, or were there precursors that say they are further away than we think? Good question.
2: Well, I mean, like, 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 like we we laid out earlier, their their defensive scoring efficiency efficiency was was top twenty. Their offensive scoring efficiency efficiency was in the, in the top sixty five, so it wasn't a train wreck. The only thing that was missing was you had a a crater of a special teams unit. Yep. I mean, and and you know, one of the things that Dave and I always talk about with with these coaching staffs is you have to weaponize that part of of the game. You can't you can't give that to an, an analyst that has never you know done anything before, or or or, or give it to, to to a guy who's focusing on two other position groups. You know, you can't you can't put it in in, in the background on the back burner and expect it to be any good, because. Coaches around the country, staffs around the, around the country are starting to catch on. They're starting to actually put a coach responsible for that whose job is to break that down and and weaponize it. So mm-hmm. if you're not doing it, you're going to miss out on all that hidden yardage. You're going to miss out on, on, on chances to break games wide open. Um, you know, block punts, block kicks, that's as good as a turnover. I mean, it's it. Sometimes it's better than a turnover turnover because of the field position you gain and also the momentum gain you, you you gain in, in in those situations. So, I I would say they were they were as close as everybody had 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 seen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, three Come games.
4: On, three, three three no three things. Three things about special teams, okay? That that I want uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about here real quick for the listeners. Two of them are Nebraska. One of them is is a projection, okay? Uh, Nebraska with Bill Bush, rock solid, okay, Mm -hmm. solid, well well above average. You're talking three and a half uh, star special teams coach. Mm -hmm. So we like that. Nebraska fan, we like that. We like seeing a guy in place that, that that is that is doing that. Number one. Number two. Quietly, nobody's talking about this. I want to bring this up because this is really important and absolutely by design. Nobody noticed, or did somebody notice, that Nebraska went out and through the portal brought in two of the best kickers out of FCS. Mm -hmm. The second most important thing behind a returning starting quarterback is returning punter and kicker. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: It's It's worth a football game. A veteran mm-hmm. punter and kicker combination returning is worth a football game. So is a returning quarterback. Okay. So, special teams wise, I expect Nebraska to. I know last year was brutal. I expect them to win a game off of special teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not only because of, of Bill, but because of having the experience there. The third thing is this is going to be one of probably the top two teams in the country. It has one of the best coaching staff, it is top three recruiter. Their weakest link is their special teams coach. Parker Fleming at Ohio State. If Ohio State trips up, I'm calling it right now on this show, if they trip up, watch it
0: be on special teams. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh Well, I mean, you mentioned the last two uh, teams on our schedule, Wisconsin and Iowa, and you said that those are top coaching staffs they both have full-time special teams coordinators mm. and that is the route, I guess the transition we have gone on the RedCast. We have boomer. He is our special teams coordinator on the show. So the RedCast <laughs> dedicates a guy to special teams, but two years ago, to your point, Adam, uh, we dedicated special teams to an analyst last year. It, it went up to a position coach. And then now this year, we have a dedicated guy, Bill Bush doing it. Um, we always, like I mentioned earlier, Dave. Dave likes the you know yards per per point stat. You know, there are these these certain stats that are very indicative of winning football. And there was a, a book that I read with, um, or it was I heard uh, Urban Meyer talking about it, and he read a book where he said that nine out of ten times, if you block a punt in a game, you're going to win it. And mm-hmm. he goes, at that point, he knew. Instantly, that's why he wanted to, and this was early in his career, he wanted to take special teams so seriously. He's like, there aren't very many indicative stats like that where nine out of ten times anything happens. But he says if you block a punt, you're going to win the game nine out of ten times. Now, Dave is shaking his head, and I don't know if that's, he just doesn't like Talk Urban Meyer.
4: Talk about pulling stuff out of your ass. Something like that. <laughs> uh, now now I'm going to look it up.
0: Well, That's uh, a- yeah, <laughs> look it up. It's a uh, Bruce Reed's dad wrote the book. I guess I think two, he was like Montana, Montana State coach. So you can two read problems. You know. One, you're listening to Urban Meyer. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm so not going to a
4: bar up. with him. I'm just listening to him. They got to a couple issues, games. You you have Had issues that you are going to need to resolve on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that reminds me. Before I get to my other point, that reminds me of a bit of a story, though about the story within a story. Good. Okay. Okay. Uh, this, this is, uh, everybody's always talking about explosive plays, right? Boom, win the explosive plays, win the game. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, if you win the explosive plays, you win like 71% of the games. But that's not the whole story. See, now, if you take all the explosive plays and cut it into non-scoring and scoring plays, if you win the non scoring explosive plays, you only win 57% of the time.
0: Yeah, that's us. Yep, that's us.
4: If you win the explosive scoring plays, you win 82% of the football games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So points are important. Ben, this, this is, <laughs> it's not so important in the NFL. Okay. Ben, don't break because professionals, if you give it to them, they'll take advantage of it. In college, it's 18 to 22 year olds. They're not as patient. So mm-hmm. I don't really care. Having my team give up big plays that don't score, sure. right? I mean, you know, is it great? No, it still still sucks, right? It's still fifty-seven percent. But I would rather have the explosive scoring than the explosive non-scoring plays. And that that's where we got it. You know, like if he says nine out of ten or block, block punch, you win the football game. What are all the other circumstances? So yeah. you know, score on those. that
0: that, that's you, you just brought up Nebraska football last few years in a nutshell there. I mean, we would Uh have explosive plays at times, but we've had red zone trouble scoring. I've Uh brought up a number of times on this show. I don't care what the hell stat this falls under. We had a hundred plus yard drive against Wisconsin. and didn't score. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that means, but if you put up over a hundred yards on a a possession, penalties and everything, you don't score, then it's just, it's a lot of yards with no points. And Dave, you know, yards per point—that <laughs> that, that, does not you anything. good numbers. You
5: know,
4: That's not it, good numbers. No, it's it's stop talking about yards. Mm-hmm. Seriously, seriously, anything related to yards is worthless. It is not a yards board. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. scoreboard. You want it to less yards, more points. Yeah, it it, it 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 doesn't it, it the yardage doesn't matter. The mm-hmm. most important thing is efficiency. How 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 many plays does it take you to score the football?
0: That's it. But that's what yards per point is too. That is all about efficiency is yards per point, not Mm -hmm. yards per play, not yard yards per point. Because it takes an how many yards does it take you to score?
1: Your pick right. sixes, all that type of stuff. Yeah, your right? offense could never be on the field.
0: You can win the game if you can, if you have seven pick sixes and your offense is never on the field, and you're still going to have a very good yards per point <laughs> because of that. You know, so that that does matter. That yards, but only in that sense, yards per point matter, not yards per play, not some of the you know yards per game too. I mean, we've won yeah. or we've had so many games where we've out yarded teams by hundred plus yards, or we've out yarded teams by three hundred yards and won by four, and it's like oh my god. But, but back back to Bill's question about what's, been, what's better,
4: right? What's, what, what's to get excited about? So mm. he, here's, one, here's one I want to give Husker fans, all, all, all kidding aside, I, I, you know I love having fun with this stuff, but seriously, okay? The biggest change that was made for Nebraska in the offseason was the offensive side of the football, right? Sure. That was the biggest change, okay? We brought in a new quarterback coach, new wide receiver coach, You know, so we brought in Joseph, and you brought in Applewhite, and you brought brought in Riola, and you brought in Whipple, okay? And these were this was a really solid effort made by the Nebraska staff and Coach Frost to upgrade this situation. So by our numbers, okay, to answer Jim's question about what's better, well, what changed was the offensive support staff? The offensive support staff ranking that Adam and I have For Nebraska going into this season, they are number four in the Big Ten, period. Only behind Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, and Minnesota. They have the fourth best offensive support staff in the Big Ten right now. So what has changed to make me, if I'm a Nebraska fan, feel better? Mm -hmm. I believe there's been a good, solid, serious upgrade on the offensive side of the football.
0: Adam, mm-hmm. is that what this graphic was that you were showing me? Is that, or is that just across the board?
2: That's across the board. That's offensive and defensive support staff together. That's the entire support staff.
0: Okay. Can you kind of explain a little bit what this means, and really the and how it compares with the other conferences too?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like like Dave was saying, you know, they have, the, they have the sixth ranked support staff. That's offensive and defensive total, you know, support staff in the big 10 conference. And I know, you know, people may balk at, Oh, you know, sixth in the big 10, that's barely, you know, better than half, but the big 10, when you compare it's average support staff to those of the other power five conferences there, it's 5%, 5 5.7% better than the PAC 12. It's 3.1% better than the ACC. It's 2.4% better than the SEC. And, and just, just under uh, 1% better than than the average big, the big 12 support staff. So you are, you're sixth in a league that is the, the best coached conference in power five. That's, you know, that's saying something, that's something to be, that's going in the right direction. Cause it wasn't six last year.
1: <laughs> yeah. So th- this is interesting in the sense that I, I, I really haven't <laughs> followed. I haven't really followed the, um, the coaching staff analytics of this. This is a lot. little bit different than you see with a lot of other, um, analytics type focused, uh, you know, websites or, or whatnot, how do you take into, into account uh, like the tenure of the staffs as well as the experience? Because I mean, like you have staff out there with someone who's brand new, who who literally is zero years of experience. So how does that factor in? And then you have someone who may have, have 20 years of experience. You have a lot more to, of a track record on that one, but it's how do you even rate someone with only one, one year of experience or zero years of experience on staff?
2: Usually it takes about three years of experience to, to become a, a solid score, is, 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 is how, okay. how, how we phrase it. After yep. the third year, four through 40, they they're usually stay about the same rating. Oh, interesting. If if you, if you are who you are. You are who you are afterwards. after about four years. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> <It's a hope. laughs> right. know, so like in Nebraska's we, case, Raiola is a new
0: offensive line coach. You probably don't have a lot of that no, on. You uh, know.
1: Now, now, but now everyone, everyone like else has at least
2: four years exactly exactly
1: right. yeah,
0: adam it would be interesting we had tom osborne on about a month ago and he talked about the institutional knowledge of his staff that had been with him for two decades plus most of those guys it would be interesting or maybe you've already even done it but it, you know to go back in history and try to do some kind of analytics on what that staff the 1997 staff yeah. would have been like with, <laughs> those guys that had that much experience and that much institutional knowledge together
2: yeah i mean i i It makes you wonder. There's been times I've I've wanted to to go back and try to do things like that, but it's just pulling all that together would be rough.
0: (laughs) It's a a lot there. I I do want to show a tweet that you had, Adam, and this uh, deals specifically with a couple of Husker coaches, new coaches Mm -hmm. to the staff. And uh, this is from Matrix Analytical, so your guys' site there. And if you are planning on playing receiver of any type at the FBS level, tight end slot, outside the hash, doesn't matter, one of the top 10 places to go to catch the ball at the FBS level is Husker Football Nation with the tight end wide receiver, receiver coaching duo of, of Mickey Joseph and Coach Beckton. Few do it better. And there's a photo of Chase over there with the, the Bengals who came from LSU and was coached by Mickey Joseph. So, um, you know, explain that one, I guess, a little bit, Adam. You know, the, and, and we love hearing that, by the way. And that's an example of new coaches coming in that are adding to that, that support staff ranking.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have two guys there who are, who are who are coaching their their units at a both a top twenty-five in the country um, 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 clip. There, the, both of those coaches are top twenty-five in the country at their at, at their position coach. That's you don't see that very often within a staff and in a, a, hmm. a you know a, a collective like tight ends with wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers with, with tight ends. Those both those guys are or what we would call e, e, elite. Uh, they're both four four star or four and a half star guys, and uh, like like the tweet said, if mm-hmm. if if you want to go, if I had a kid and he was uh, look at, looking at, at being a receiver of some type at, at the next level, and Nebraska was in the list, I would kind of start nudging him towards that way because of those two. Those two have shown that they are are excellent at what they do, that they they, they they develop their guys, and they get the most production out of them at a top 25 in the country clip.
0: That is interesting. Dave, I know we've talked about this on the Redcast before. Like, you know, the you just called those coaches four and four-and-a-half-star coaches. And we've always said, you know, like, sometimes everything gets talked about talent and we don't always talk about the coaching talent, but like, you're kind of a, so, you know, almost giving like a star ranking to, to coaches. I mean, which I think is, is an intriguing way of looking at it too. I mean, there are four star coaches out there. There are two star coaches out there. And,
1: and, and to do that, are you guys just simply taking the 130 teams in, in FBS and, and breaking that down into five quadrants essentially, or, I mean, you know,
4: or is there a different way to actually assign
2: those? They Tell tell them how many coaches do we have
4: in our database, Dave? We have uh, a report on every headset since 2010. I think we have Mm -hmm. 21,000 reports on coaches in our database. Mm Wow. So it took us seven years to put it together. So that's why we're extremely unique in the college football world with what we do.
0: Mm -hmm. And so it's like a wide
1: receivers coach. You have certain data points specifically to Mickey Joseph, for example. Mm -hmm. You've been tracking that over his entire career. Course of his career, exactly. When
2: when the ball goes in the air and Mickey Joseph, his his wide receivers are on the field going to get it. What happens? Right. You know what happens. Mm -hmm. Is it good? Is it bad? You know, every single play that 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 has happened in Mickey Joseph's career as a wide receiver coach, we have it.
1: In that way, you're actually. I mean, that is recruiting. That's development. Mm -hmm. As how those receivers are working within that system, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going back to your your intro here. The college football leader in off-field analytics and the number one firm in staff building, roster management, portal analytics. We talk about roster management all the time. You guys help head coaches, athletic directors, agents, unit coaches, and players. So um, I'm I'm guessing if you're helping players, are you helping them with the portal and how to how to where to go, where would be best? And you're helping agents. Obviously, you're. You're trying to connect the right coach to the right staff, and so on. I mean, I, I'm just kind of trying to get an idea of like how all the all the the dots connect. I guess. I don't think that's a yes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of connectivity on the dots. But yeah, no, we 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 work with some of the athletes um, just like we work with coaches, trying to find the best spot for them. Uh, so, you know, we've, we, we done, we do a little bit of everything when it comes down to roster management, um, you know, on all sides of the
0: fence, Hmm. Rob, what do we got right now? Anything, anything new, or do you want to go back to one of the questions that we didn't get to yet?
3: Well, yeah, I do have, um, one, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on here and like, 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 okay. So I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan, big Oakland A's fan. So, you know, they kind of like the whole, um, the whole uh you know billy bean what do you what are you calling it the um uh oh god now it's on like I'm money Moneyball. thank you god man it was just escaping me and it's right on <laughs> tip my tongue but, but um, big Oakland A's fan guys big Oakland A's fan Moneyball. there's a movie um, called Moneyball, Rob come on I'm, man I'm actually in the movie in one of the scenes I'm in the background during one of the sure we are stages. I am I could show you but um are you finding that more coaching staffs and programs are open to using your kind of analytics so are you finding that that there's kind of a shift to this in in a lot of these programs Um, from the,
2: uh, mostly from the younger, the new new generation of coaches are are usually more open to it. Um, we've ran into a few coaches that are, you know, set in their ways and they, uh, (laughs) they don't really want to listen to a whole lot of what the, what, what the numbers have to say. And that's okay. They do it their way. And, and we've actually told coaches, Hey, You're going to call us again in about six months here. And because your defensive coordinator is going to be just hemorrhaging points, and you're you're, you're going to want to get rid of him. And it's happened. Um, And that makes
3: him really mad when that (laughs) (laughs) happens. I bet. Oh, you ran off. Yeah.
0: Oh, shoot. We just lost Dave, but I actually want to add somebody. I'm going to add Abby here, and uh, this is a surprise for you, Adam. Since we, we Hey, mentioned... Abby,
2: how are you?
5: Hey, how's it going? Good, good.
0: So so Abby has, she, uh, I guess you can explain, you've done some stuff with Matrix Analytical and everything, and this was the first time that Adam and, and Dave had ever seen each other on an actual <laughs> call. So what the hell, let's uh, throw a third person out there and everyone can see face-to-face. How about that?
5: Yeah. First Welcome to the Redcast ever... again, Abby. Thanks. Yeah, first time I've ever actually seeing adam and dave together
0: yeah, yeah. surprise <laughs> there so um i don't know if dave just uh he he mentioned he may have to trail off there so i don't mm-hmm. know if that that was the case there or not but um yeah. we're kind of starting to wind down anyways on this um
3: i guess was there any other questions there rob that you want to do or dave did you have any questions that you? i mean had? Ab- abby you could ask the question that you had up here i mean i'll let you read it how's that you can read your own question. you're out ab-
2: you're asking Abby, you know the answer to these questions.
3: I know. But I was
5: really hoping Dave would be on so he could admit his dark secret about this. Um, <laughs> so, Adam, since you're the only one uh-huh. on here, do you find that you uh, watch games differently now than you did before you guys started doing this kind of analytic work?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's hard not to. I mean, when you when you know the numbers behind a coaching staff, or you know, you know how bad a offensive coordinator really is. And he, and you're sitting there and uh, the uh, 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 Brock Heward Huard, or one of the Hewitt brothers is up there telling you how great he is. It, yeah. You hit that mute button even faster <laughs> than normal because it's, and then, and then that the offensive player goes out and loses the game. And then you laugh. I mean, <laughs> but,
5: but do you find it like, is it more interesting now or do you get your, or do you find yourself getting frustrated with it because you almost also, kind of predict what might happen?
2: Yeah, it's it is a little frustrating. It really is because you, you you kind of see behind the curtain a little bit, um, and I think Dave would kind of echo that as well. Um, it almost takes the fun out of it <laughs> a little <laughs> bit to, to some extent because you're like, okay, this offensive coordinator has no shot against this defensive coordinator, and I don't care what happens, it's 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 going to get ugly, and and then it does, and you're like, okay, well, I, you know, <laughs> okay, was why did still- I, I spend three hours watching that?
3: So let's keep this Husker Husker related then. Um, and JB kind of said this too: is Whipple's playbook should be amazing. Can we ask you about like how you guys see Whipple's you know offense operating in the Big Ten and and kind of what you know you know what will you be looking for? Will you be muting the uh, guys talking about how amazing his plays are going to be, or, or do you guys actually see some uh, you know positive outcomes coming from him?
2: We we have Whipple as, as, a, as a he's he's a solid offensive coordinator, three and a half star guy is is where we have him. Um, he's gonna have to run the ball a little bit more than I think that he did. He, than he did a pit. Um, we've we've done some studies uh in the Big Ten about how much you need to run the ball to win in the Big Ten. If you're throwing the ball, I, I think if you're throwing the ball more than 47 of the time, you're gonna start to struggle to win. Um, the only teams that have been able to win in the past throwing more than that has, has been the Purdue teams, yep, mm-hmm. and that's been about it, you know. And, and you saw you saw Ohio State last year, even with all the talent they had. When they got in a game where they had to run the ball and they couldn't run it, I mean, Michigan ends the streak. <laughs> I mean,
0: so, so run the yeah. damn ball, guy. Which I fancy myself as. We should be happy to hear that. That any yeah. success that Whipple is going to have, we you know we can't just you can't just take what did what they did at Pitt and just transfer it over to to Lincoln and expect the exact same results.
2: No, not in the Big 10. Because the defensive okay, the Big 10 especially on the defensive side of the ball is well in a way the the best coach league in, in, in Power 5. You're not going to be able to go out there and throw the ball, you know, 60 times like you did at Pitt and 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 win mm-hmm. ball games against against the Big 10 defenses.
5: Well, they're a lot more
2: disciplined, they're a lot more um they, they they just don't give things up like like you saw consistently in the ACC against Pitt. Hmm.
3: So I talked to Chancellor Brewington a couple of weeks ago, and and mm-hmm. he was mentioning a lot more two tight end sets as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so and you would think that that would mean um, running the ball more too, because you know you're kind of adding that ex, you know those extra guys along the line. So um, hoping that Whipple makes those adjustments, right? I mean that's
2: yeah. Kind of, and I, I, I think he could, you know, when he, when he was at Miami, there was a few years when he was at Miami and he, and he had a good running back and he, he did run the ball 51, 52% of the time. So I think, you know, and, and when he was at Pittsburgh, um, as a quarterback's coach for uh, Ben Roethlisberger, they didn't throw the ball 60 times at Pittsburgh when he was there. They ran the no. ball and he played defense. So he, he knows how to do it. I think Whipple is, is, is one of those offensive coordinators though. who he, He's going to win with, 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 what he has he is going to adjust to what he has and he's going to make it work and he's he's one of those guys who's who's, who's seen so many defenses you know in his career that <laughs> there, there's a kool-aid again i love it <laughs> <laughs>
0: with every uh, word you say adam there's one more win that, that rob's seen yeah, i'm like i'm good. like
3: can they go 20 and know this year is that, <laughs> yeah. this is the greatest season ever oh my
2: god
0: yeah. They're gonna
3: start playing pro teams at the end of the season. Just to bring on the Bengals,
0: right? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I mean, Rob. Unless if there's any other questions, if not, Dave, I guess we could probably do the pardon shots or whatever.
3: All right, Rob, what do you got? Well, I would just like to say that the, I I enjoyed this show. I, I for once, and and Dave may not believe this, but I actually enjoyed just sitting here listening to what you guys had to say and and not having. To say a whole lot because, um you know, it, it's it's. It, I do like the numbers. I also am one of those gut guys. Dave, it drives Dave crazy on our yes, uh, it does. on our bet show because it I go with bets. Does. But I will also say that I have a better overall record in betting using my gut <laughs> than Dave has using the numbers. So that's really why it drives him crazy. Maybe um, on the show,
1: as we do our bets on Tuesdays, like before I could even do my work, right? I, I'll put well, my Saturday bets against yours any day. I do. Just oh, well,
3: enough. you know, I guess we could do that sometime, you know, you're 50 <laughs> cents and, and that, but, um, but so no, I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate you guys coming on today. It was, it was, it was good to hear. And it, like I, you know, I actually jumped up and made a jar of Kool-Aid during the show. Like that's how good it was. <laughs> All right. honky, get us out of here?
0: Well, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll end with Abby and, and Adam. We'll let you guys have the last parting shot. But my, uh, for me, I have a couple of them real quick. One of them here is uh, uh, that uh, in-state basketball uh, that basically uh, uh, we reached out to 11 in-state prospects in the first 24 hours after the 2024 20, contact period opened up. So that's a good sign. I think that of Hoyberg you know, hearing some of the, the comments about in-state and making sure that we get some of those guys. So I think that's a, a good start there. It doesn't mean anyone's committing yet or anything, but it's a, it's a start. Um, it's, while we're talking about uh, recruiting, Husker Volleyball, congrats to Coach Cook. The rich keep getting richer. Skylar Pierce, the number one prospect in the nation, according to one recruiting service in the 2024 class, has committed. She's a 6'2", outside here from uh, Lenexa, Kansas. She committed four days after college coaches were allowed to start making recruiting phone calls to 2024 kids. So that's awesome. And last but not least, our, our good friend here, this, is, this has been a heck of a year. <laughs> big game boomer. You go back to June 17th, 2021. Uh, we were the most sensitive fan base from every power five fan base. And by the way, Michigan had a lot of sensitive ones because you can see they have like eight of them. But but there we are in the top right. You know, the go big red cast. We are the most sensitive fan base from, from the power five. And then the best podcast, which just came out here on the, the 17th a year or 15th a year later, the best podcast for every school, Nebraska the go big red cast there. And so we've come a long way. Thank you very much, boomer. We do appreciate it. And honestly, we, I kind of reconnected on Twitter with boomer last year when I went down to the game in Norman and the Oklahoma fans were awesome. It was a great, great, you know, weekend. I mean, even with the loss, it was a lot of fun. And I would love nothing more if Boomers coming up to Lincoln. I would love to have a beer with them. I'd love to, to, you know, show some of that Nebraska hospitality back to them, and it'd be a lot of fun. That's going to be a great week, and I cannot wait
3: for September to come. I just unmuted him on Twitter just for that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think he just unblocked me, so we're in the same
0: boat. Huh? Abby, what, what do you got?
5: Um, so I have two. One, um, want to give a. Big congratulations, shout out to um, our softball team for Rhonda getting a, uh, an extension on her contract. Hopefully that breaks the extension curse. Um, can't wait to see what she does uh, with this team. I, I think she's a great leader and a great coach, um, a great role model for all those women. So um, really excited to to see that announcement. And two, this is my like fangirling that I think I've done every time I've talked to Dave and every time I've talked to Adam. But uh, this was such a fun episode and thank you so much um, all of you for embracing this like nerdy analytic thing that's that's starting to happen <laughs> and, and starting to to happen in college football um as a nerd as a stats nerd i i love it and i love that it's being promoted now so great job It's
0: awesome right, adam, adam take us
2: out yep. oh thank you abby first of all that's that that means a lot every nerd every nerd out there i'll tell you what we we, we just we know we're just had a spreadsheet, we just want somebody to notice it. But um, hey, uh, like um, like Abby said, the, the softball coach extension—that's awesome. That also, I want to shout out to all the the um, uh, the guys who who performed at uh, the, the, the camp this weekend. Uh, you know, the camp at the uh, that the, uh, I think it was Hutch H- H- Mack. Mack H- I can't say his Nash. Let's just say Nash. Yeah, I always all screwed it
0: up, too. I used to call him Hutch yeah. Aschmacher or something. Yeah,
2: that's a tongue Hutmacher. twister. Mm-hmm. So um, the, the camp that they put on for, for for the kids up there, I think that's amazing. I, I remember um, you know going to that camp when I was a a, a a youngster, and I think that's awesome that they're bringing it back. I think Lance Brown's kids involved in that as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that was something that I, that I saw on Twitter over the weekend. I thought that was really, really something that uh, was worthwhile to bring back.
3: Yeah, Heinous' family are actually really good people. It's—I'll mm-hmm. name drop here. Hockey uh, and I met his parents um, two years ago at the spring game okay. uh, when we all came back. We were the in Hunt the hotel, Parker, yeah. and his mom actually is a listener to the show. So, Laura, if you're listening, shout out to you. <laughs>
1: All right, guys. Great stuff. A lot of fun today. Um, we'll have to talk get uh, Dave's uh, parting shot some other time, I guess. Um, <laughs> it would have been now- epic.
3: He was a mic drop. That was. <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> Let's call that a Go Big Red cast. Go Big Red. GBR.
0: Hoodat Media Production.